Yo, what's up guys? Nate and Philip back again doing episode 13 of the Pokey Talk Podcast. What's going on, Philip? Hey, not too much. Recording at a different time, but I'm pretty excited for this episode, just like always. <laughs> just like always, yeah. Just like always, yeah. I, re- I really love recording, I really do. Yeah, so this episode, we're not quite sure on the title but we're just gonna say where will pokemon be in 50 years so yeah quite the stretch for this episode yeah um just be it's just gonna be an interesting topic because of today's market and you know i for one i'm starting to see a little uptick in things but a lot of people you know are worried about like a junk slab era which we're kind of already in to some extent and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, where will all this be in 50 years when the bulk of the hobby is about to retire? So we're going to talk about it. For the intro stuff, we just wanted to mention a couple things that we're going to be diving into on the news. We booked and bought tickets to Kansas City Collecticon. We are going to be there. Should be pretty fun. And, uh, yeah, going to be exciting. Yeah, did we mention Vanilla Ice is going to be there? <laughs> get to hear Vanilla Ice sing once again. <laughs> yes, yes, and his amazing song that only, you all know only one song, Ice Ice Baby. You know, you always get Vanilla Ice, the Ninja Turtles, and then the Pokemon theme song at these Collecticons. <laughs> I think everybody is pretty sick of it, but it's becoming kind of a meme now. I mean, hey, that's how he's making his money. I can't really fault him. He's probably making like $25,000 in appearance here or something like that, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't. He's, he's, this is how he's, he's making a living. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure he's got some fans waiting for another record or something. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm sure all 12 of them are, are just thrilled. But yeah, we are going to be there. It'd be, uh, Really fun to see some of you guys. Um, we're also going to talk about the Pokemon Live or, you know, the presentation of Scarlet and Violet that happened last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some new details about the game. We're not going to do like a super deep dive into it because no. maybe we'll get more details later, I'm sure. Yeah, we haven't seen most of the generation yet. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to know that much about the actual Pokemon until probably as we get closer to launch i imagine yeah pretty much we'll start seeing leagues but yeah we'll just talk about a little mechanics that we got a sneak peek of and you know they did show off the new mechanic so it's interesting to say the least (laughs) but uh (laughs) the last bit of news we'll touch on is the sword and shield ultra premium collection which is coming out this year this is a new Ultra Premium collection. You know, we had the uh, Celebrations one last year. Maybe this is going to be a yearly thing, but this is coming out on October 28th for 120 bucks. And instead of being Celebration, you know, with the Metal Pikachu, Metal Charizard card, this one is Charizard-based entirely. It's got Charizard on the box, you know, on the wrapping and everything. And, uh, yeah, we'll dive into that and let you know what you can find in that box. But uh, let's hop on in, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right. So first up, we got the KC Collecticon. 
we have never been to collect con. We just been kind of lurking and living vicariously through people online showing us that vanilla ice concert. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what I want to go over like what what do you expect and what you bring in, what you're looking for, and all that. Well, I you know I'm I look through some of the names of this quote unquote the celebrities that will be there and. I am always curious to see who will be here uh, because I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan. Um, I would say that wasn't the first thing I became infatuated with, but it's definitely one of the first things. It, it was before Pokemon I started watching it, but uh, it's definitely a major part of my childhood. And there's really no Dragon Ball people that are going to be there. Unfortunately. I mean, there is some, but not any huge ones. Yeah. The bigger the bigger ones I saw was like that got me excited was a voice actor for Kaiba mm-hmm. and uh for Mugio and he voiced yeah. one other. I think it was he like did Brock. Brock's voice, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one is pretty big. And then there's this Eric Schrader for uh or Erica Schrader who did Luffy. So that's a pretty big one. Um although I don't really care for One Piece. Could never get into it. I know, I know, I'm sure that's <laughs> Probably heresy to some people, but my, my brother has tried so many times, and I I just could not do it. Yeah, but they, they get me to watch it and enjoy it. And I I just can't. <laughs> I thought about like getting a Blue Eyes card and maybe having you know Kaiba's voice actor sign it or something. Oh yeah, but yeah. I mean that that's the only thing like I'd be interested in. You know, Gary's gonna be there, King Pokemon, but. I figured if if we see him lurking around, maybe hanging out with E4 people, we could talk to him or something, but I don't know. Just uh, it'd be cool to have like a Kaiba signed blue eyes and that's about it for me. But uh yeah, I don't know really what to expect, you know. We've seen plenty of these events online, of course. Um you know, people may have seen a lot of footage from the national sports card show here in the last week or so this is kind of like that except a lot more pokemon and like tcg based and there's also just a ton of other stuff like funkos like mm-hmm. you know it's just a mini comic-con so should be really cool to see all that stuff and uh, a lot of people on instagram who sell cards that i'm following and talk to they have boots that they're gonna be setting up there and so it'll be kind of cool to talk to those guys but uh it's gonna have yeah. a bunch of stuff even some comics too which is interesting yeah is there anything you're on the hunt for or yeah there are a few things um i think what exactly i go after is pretty much dependent upon whether or not we get that psa order back um i I sold a good portion of like the slabs, quote unquote, in like my collection off that were that were worth anything. I still have some that of like basically junk slabs that I'm probably never going to be able to get rid of. It's like a dozen, so I was able to get rid of the vast majority of them. But uh, I don't really have too much that I'd be willing to try to trade or even sell beforehand to try to get enough money for, say, a special XY-era Mario Pikachu. Um, that would be probably the big thing that I would want to go after. But, 
you know, even in a PSA nine, like even if I get a deal for like, you know, twelve, thirteen hundred, I would basically need to have some of that order back from P- PSA before I could do something like that because I only have so much I can trade right now or that I'm willing to trade, I should say. Yeah. I'm going to bring, like, what stuff are you going to bring? Are you going to bring anything? Uh, like, two maybe was, trade or something? Or? Yeah, I was going to really, like, there's some things that I might bring. There's some booster boxes, some Japanese booster boxes, maybe. Um, I know that's not a whole lot, so I don't know if that would be, like, it's me, Miracle Twins and Shiny Star V. Like, it's ones that I'm not sure some vendors would even be willing to trade for. Uh it's there's new enough to where somebody might be interested, but it's not quite old enough. Um, so that one's kind of a question mark. Whereas like with that PSA order I have, there are several cards I know for a fact a vendor, several vendors will be willing to trade for. But if I haven't had the PSA order back, I pretty much won't have a choice, and something's better than nothing. So yeah. I would I would take those booster boxes up there with me. And among and pretty much anything else that I could find that might be worth trading in my uh, in one of my bins, um, might do some EV hero packs, maybe uh, like w- w- some that I've already opened, just a bunch of packs. Maybe I, I I could get something that way. But if I don't get the PSA cards back in time, that pretty much means I'm probably not getting the PSA nine or even try to get the ten Mario Luigi. But yeah. there are several that I would be interested in, and that is basically special delivery Bidoof. Um, maybe there might be somebody with the 2022 player ceremony, uh, one that hasn't quite released yet, but has Arceus in the background. Yeah, we did get a sneak peek of that. So those are released every year, right? The player ceremony? Well, oh. since 2019. And the 2019 one might be one of the best ones, just color palette-wise. But they're all really, really good artwork. Uh, if you haven't seen them, I would definitely recommend trying them out. They're definitely some of the best cars from this era, or best promos, I should say, from this era. Some of the best art is on them from this era, in, in my opinion. And just the overall detail and design of each artwork is just gorgeous. Yeah, I'll have a link in the description as with everything we'll talk about, so you can check out all the things where mentioning and you can quickly access them for your listening and another thing is something that i think i can get uh, if i don't have the psa or back is a psa 10 scream psyduck yeah that'd be cool that would be so those are kind of things to be on the lookout special delivery bidoof uh scream psyduck and one of the player ceremony really if there's if i see any of them i might be tempted to buy any of them but really the 2022 one would be the primary one that i'd be trying to go after yeah you can't buy the side up because then you can't buy mine when it comes back well i'm kind of <laughs> one in the 10 i mean what i might do though is i mean if we if this opportunity arises i'd be all for it if we were able to get the order back i bought you nine because i'm pretty sure yours is a nine because you didn't get upcharged for it I don't know. It wasn't worth too much when that went through, but they've kind of upticked after the I fact. I think they're like I I thought even when that the upcharge went through, they were still like five six hundred dollars in a PSA ten. I would have to 
double check because I know they were trending those promos. All those promos seems like they've been just trending slowly upward. It seems like the ones I got upcharged for though, they're closer to a thousand. Like maybe they were close enough on the line of 500 where they just let them go because you know, not many of those the things I got upcharged for those old McDonald's promos like you, they don't see those very often, so I'm sure those stuck out like a sore thumb amongst all oh, the wow. uh, celebrations. Jeez. These cards are trending towards 800. Which ones 10. are those? Um, the, the PSA 10 Scream Psyducks. They, I mean, the ones they haven't sold. Okay, in July, so just a few weeks ago, there was one that it was in an auction that was sold for 660. And but it's like the last couple that were sold was 800. There was one that was marked out of 800, so they took the best offer. So they're not sure how much that is. And then the other one was 724 in an auction, 616 in an auction. Another one took the best offer, 858. I mean, they are trending northward, 650. But this was in June for buy it now. I mean, they. Huh. Yeah, I, I remember looking at the beginning of the year. They were only like around 500 ish. Five to six hundred, so they're already those are already being pushed up or just within one year. I mean, that's like a uh, like a, what is it, like a fifteen to twenty percent growth or something like that in just one year. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm looking up the Pikachu now. You can looks like you can buy it for around two k. That's went back up too. So I remember those got three k. Mimikyu's at three k. But that, but that one's probably going to stay. That's probably going to be more steady, maybe, I think. Yeah. It's harder for. It's always you know, been up there. Yeah, it's harder for a 3K car to go to 4K, but it's easier for a 500 car to go to 800, you know? The Pikachu, I had a 10 Pikachu, and I sold it like peak hype for like 3K. <laughs> and then. Yeah. They went down to like 12 or 1300. So I was thinking, like. Basically, I'm getting the Eevee, Rally, and Psyduck all back in this order, and I'm for sure going to sell all three of them because I only really wanted the Mimikyu. But I probably, honestly, I probably, if we get that order back in time, I will buy that nine. And what I would do, if you don't feel offended by it, I would take that nine and wheel and deal to try to get a ten at the uh, KC Con. Yeah, as long as you're not too offended by knowing that when you when you sell that to me. But say I don't care as long as I get the money for it. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of well, maybe like since card prices went down, maybe I should sell all three of those and then buy the Pikachu back. But now the Pikachu's climbing up again too, so yeah. I'm happy with the Mimikyu. It's my favorite one. It's the rarest one. It's the coolest looking one to me. And uh, yeah, yeah, just settle with the best and not the so. best. But very excited for the opportunity to be able to see all this, honestly. It'll be like a kid in a candy store, honestly, having comic books, having video games, probably retro game vendors. It's going to be, I'm kind of worried about, like, I'm going like, to ha- have to take a deep breath, I feel like. Like, I'm going to have to really, really focus and write down what I'm willing to buy here at the store or at the, at the uh, KC Con because... You know, I yeah. can only bring. So I got to limit myself about what I bring. Um, unfortunately, if it was just a, like six months later, I'd be able to spend so much more. But yeah, and I'm. Uh, I, just, I just can't do it right now. I'm still paying off from from moving and all that. So. 
We are going to be there both days. So, yeah, I I know it's going to be overwhelming. Like, I kind of want to just, like, walk through the whole place the first part of the day. Like, ideally, I really wouldn't want to buy anything until Sunday. But, Sunday evening, I think, yeah. But, Wait you know, the there, there might be a deal that we're scared of, like, getting away or something. Or, yeah. So maybe I mean, Saturday night or something. But if you come in with a set mindset about what you're going to buy, what you want, and what car, it's maybe ancillary cards that you might want if they don't have these main cards you're looking for, and what deal you're willing to be like, I can't pass that up. If you kind of have that in mind, like these cards that I wrote down, these are cards that I'm worth, I find worth buying on the spot if a deal comes our way. Because it's hard to find these sort of cars where you don't have to pay eBay fees. And we're looking in a situation where some of these vendors want to be able to make as much profit or as much money as they can. They want to take as little home as possible. And you get it right there in your hand and you can see the condition firsthand. It depends on the experience of the vendor and how, you know, there's a lot of variables that come into play, but like, for example, like say a munch Psyduck, yeah, that's gonna that it might be six seven hundred dollars in cash. I imagine it'll be around there um, in person. But you know, if you're that vendor, you probably have already make you probably have already have twenty thousand in revenue probably. You know, by by that point in the weekend, so you're like, yeah, let me try to get another few hundred. Yeah, and like I think the afternoon and Sunday, Sunday afternoon. I think we might see some of the best deals. So unless we come across one Saturday, that's like, we just can't miss. It's probably best to wait till Sunday. So you don't make any impulse buys. That's kind of what I think anyways. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. I did do another thinning of my collection. You know, I've explained this before where like every once in a while things kind of get out of hand and I'm like, okay, I need to reset and focus on my goals. (laughs) Well, I did that again. And, uh, I listed some stuff on eBay that didn't fit in my collection that I just kind of off the whim bought. But uh, I'm going in with kind of a small list. There's only like less than 20 Neo Hollows that I need for my binder sets. And I think they're all Neo Destiny and Neo Revelation. So like I'll have a small list of those. And then after that, I'm pretty much done with my binders, unless I go after the E-Series hollows. So I'll for sure be on the lookout for, like, loose copies. If anyone's selling loose copies as, like, a bundle deal, that'd be nice. Um, I might, you know, squint my eye at some E-Series hollows just to see if I want to chase those again. But that's a lot of work, and there's a lot of them and pretty pricey. Um But yeah, I'm pretty much bringing everything that doesn't fit into my collection categories. I have some fossil and jungle packs I'm going to throw in the bag because, like, yeah, they're cool to have. But, I mean, if I can trade them for something that fits in my collection, you know, I just hope I don't get to hanging out with a bunch of people or maybe a couple drinks and be pressured to open them. That's no, that, I'll, I'll make sure you don't open them. That's what always happens at Collecticon. Stuff stuff gets opened like, <laughs> by like, peer pressure. Uh, like, you know, as you mentioned, I've been sober for almost six years, so I, I don't really feel the, feel the need or pressure to drink or, 
you know, I'll yeah. be, I guess, the guardian angel. <laughs> for, I, like, uh, I like having like one or two just socialize, but I've never like drank to get drunk really. So it's kind of different for me. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, What's up? I was just going to say there's, there is one thing since you mentioned the Neo destiny cards, I didn't write, I didn't write it down because I, I don't think I'm going to see it. That's why I didn't write it down. And that was the complete vending series. If there is the, if I can get all three sets right there, that would be hard to pass up for me. Yeah. Especially if, if I can get it for a deal, like six, $700 for all three of them. Like that, that would be hard to pass up because that is a core binder goal is having all three of those. So if those are basically just core goals, essentially, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to be looking at to buy that nothing else, nothing ancillary, like getting a, you know, Umbreon Altar VMAX and, Nothing like that, because that can easily you can find you're gonna be able to find deals on those. I think for a little bit. Um, yeah. So you got you got to prioritize. Yeah, and those binder cards are like my core, and I do have a list of other stuff like Mario Pikachu is on my list as well. But I have a couple other full art cards that I'm more interested in, like a like an in trainer full art card from Best of XY. Like that's my card. Where if I see that. And I'm looking at that, and I find a good deal. Like I'd probably have to jump on it and just figure it out later. <laughs> but um, yeah, a couple other ones, maybe a beauty looking back Pikachu. Like I'm still kind of keeping my eye on those. I think those have kind of upticked a little bit. But uh, yeah, either way, it should be pretty fun. But let's talk about some Scarlet and Violet. I don't think we'll spend as much time on this because, yeah. like, like we said, maybe we'll do another episode on it when they're released or whatnot. But I'm down to dedicate a whole episode to it for sure, especially the new cards that we're going to see and the new mechanic yeah. within the TCG. So I think I think we'll be able to touch up on it quite a bit. Um, Real quick on that, they are apparently going to show some of the new TCG cards for Scarlet and Violet at Worlds. So they, yeah, they've they've done that for several times now so yeah we'll should, see should we'll see those pretty soon here mm-hmm. but yeah did you uh did you catch that live event or the first off why are they so weird like <laughs> they're like hello my name is john from the pokemon company oh yeah yeah yeah. we hope you will enjoy our video and then the video plays I think- He's speaking. He's speaking incredibly formally, and I'm sure he's reading from a teleprompter. And obviously, like there's a translator. Obviously, well, that's what and, it seems like. It's like, are you showing? You're supposed to like be making these for like kids, right? Because you give us these dumb mechanics that only kids would enjoy, which we're about to talk about. But you're talking to me like you're on some news broadcast or something. Like, good evening, welcome to the channel. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just always weird. I I think that's the formality that you see in Japanese culture. Yeah, very professional and Yeah. Yeah, it's just I don't know, it's just always weird. And yeah, the translator like is always weird too. Like I like just hearing them talk in Japanese and then cut to the video. So it kind of surprises you a little more. But yeah. Maybe formality is a little lost in translation there too, but 
Yeah, I, I, I will say this. That CEO is super suave, though. That's that's my opinion of him. He, yeah, he's super elegant and suave. I mean, I don't know if there's, if there's any other way to describe him. But. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like they would make better design choices. This mechanic we're about to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just burst that bubble. The new mechanic. It was kind of at the end of that video. It's like crystallize or something like that. You know, we've had mega it's Pokemon. It's terrestrialize. Yeah, like where it, it's terrestrial. Yeah, it's like based off the land and like some type of crystal formation. It's kind of like a mix between those. And but yeah, you know, we've we've had mega evolutions, and then it went to like what was it Z moves, and then the Gigantamax. And then now we're yeah, here at the. This is uh, better though. This is better though than the, the the Gigantamax. I feel like there is more room for variety with this because they showed how some Pokemon switch types and how even, for example, like Eevee, there could be multiple multiple variants for these types, and obviously increases moves of that type with that Pokemon, and. I know it doesn't look the most aesthetically appealing, um, I guess is, is the way to, to put it. Like, it does, I, I understand why some people would think it looked ridiculous, but I also think there's a certain charm to it. Yeah, it's a giant chandelier on their forehead. <laughs> uh, I mean, but it's relevant to the type. Like, with uh, Pikachu, they, what is it, it had the balloons and it made it into a flying type uh i i think that's kind of interesting i i do think some of it looks kind of ridiculous like it does look strange when you first see it but i kind of warm up to it a little bit something that i can't say i ever did with gigantamax (laughs) even though i do know it doesn't look the best with all the pokemon i i admit that i think we're going to be able to see we're going to see some interesting cards, though, because of it. That's why I'm excited. Some dumb-looking ones, I think. Uh, so here's my thing. I pretty much disagree on everything you just said, yeah. except for one big thing. So with the Gigantamax Pokemon, like, first off, like, I'm, uh, I have a certain aesthetic for the design of Pokemon, like the cards I like are just, like, aesthetically pleasing to me because they're, like, laid out in a certain way or, like, there's certain symmetry. So, like, that's why this really irks me because it looks like, I don't know, just very poor design to me. For the Gigantamax, I mean, they could have had variety there because a lot of the Gigantamax Pokemon got, like, a little design change. And so they could have implemented that in a way and yeah, I didn't really like that either because it just made the Pokemon like giant and the design of that doesn't look very good. But at least like the Pokemon kind of kept its identity or like didn't have like a random accessory thrown on it. These like just look so bad to me because like they took the Pokemon and the sheet of like crystals it has on its body that actually looks cool but then they just threw like a random it's like something i would draw when i was like in kindergarten like 
let's see how big and ridiculous it can get. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of hard to explain like how I see it, but I see it as looking very bad and, you know, it's going to be on the Pokemon cards too. And I'm going to think those are dumb. The Gigantamax cards, like I thought a lot of those were kind of dumb, but there were certain ones I liked like ditto from shiny star B like that one looks like a normal ditto because of how it's positioned. So I don't know. It's just very hard for me to get over. I'm almost like disliking it more like as I look at it. But the one thing I do agree on though, I do like how it changes some of the types. Like that is a nice twist. Like, you know, flying Pikachu, like, yeah, the balloons look kind of dumb. But it's cool that they added balloons and now he becomes a flying type. <laughs> kind of dumb. Uh, yeah, just kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. But. And, yeah, that's honestly not like the worst looking one because we're already used to that. So maybe something will change. But. What is it? The Fuecoco? Isn't that the name of the new Firestarter? I can't remember. Yeah, I. I, I it's something like that. I do think the design, especially of the starters, is the best we've seen in quite some time. So I'm very excited about not just the evolutions. Without the out. chandelier on their head, you mean? Well, we can, they can include <laughs> the chandelier on the head because maybe it's going to be like a chandelier. Like imagine chandelier, uh, you know? Are they going to put a chandelier on chandelier? What about a chandelier on chandelier? Just flip him upside down and... There you go. Crystallize. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got a whole new mechanic. It's a brave new world out there for Pokemon. Yeah. I just, you know, I hate the game's gimmicks. Like, I don't know. Usually you can just ignore them. Like, Mega was actually cool because it was like another evolution. And, like, they designed those really well. Like, uh, they went on to do, like, a full Pokemon design. And then the Z-moves, they were just like an attack, so you could kind of ignore those. And, yeah, then you got into the Gigantamax, and then this, you can't really ignore this. <laughs> but, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I do want to play the games. That's not the only thing they showed, obviously. They showed a lot more gameplay running around the world. It looks really cool. There's apparently going to be three different stories to go after one of the stories being like beat all the gyms and beat the elite four like we're used to but then there's also going to be two other stories so it just seems to be you know they're really moving towards the open world and exploration part of pokemon this seems to be like a mix between like the rcs game and the traditional pokemon games but set in like an Arceus type world. So what was interesting was you I, I actually just watched it before we started recording. What was interesting was there's no order in which you have to do the badges. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I so, wonder if they'll scale like difficulty based on who's first and who's second. Yeah, that that'd, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Or if they have it where wow, there's no order in which you've got to do it, the levels like say if you go up against this gym but it's technically supposed to be like the fifth gym you're going to go up against and you're like level five or level 10 or, or whatever 
I wonder if it'll be something like that as well. But it makes more sense that they scale it. Yeah. It'd be cool if, like, yeah, your first gym, like, you could pick any of the eight gyms to battle first. And then whoever you picked, they all had, like, yeah, level 10 Pokemon and, like, the first evolution of their Pokemon. But if you were to, like, do everyone else before that gym and you did that gym last, like, they have the third evolution and they're, like, level 60. So depending on how many badges you have, their Pokemon might level up or evolve when you encounter them. Yeah. It just makes me think, like, the gym leaders have, like, a PC box of Pokemon like we do. And based on your skill level, they choose which Pokemon they want to fight you with, you know. Because they're supposed to be like mentors in a way where they challenge you but don't make it too difficult so you can earn the badge. You know, they don't want to just smack you down all the time. But so it'd be it'd be cool if they implemented something like that where they have a, like a pool of Pokemon based on your level. They chose certain ones, certain levels. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if they thought about that. That's what I would have done. <laughs> But we'll see what happens. Yep. I also like how the legendaries, they did announce that they will be helping you get around the world. So it makes you think like you get them pretty early on in the games. Yeah, or earlier than like not the very end anyways. Yeah, like almost it seems like at the beginning because they showed them off a lot and they said they're going to be helping you on your journey. And... But they didn't quite say, I, I'm i thinking it's going to be like, you know, instead of like a, after or before Gym 8, you might be able to get it like Gym 3 or 4. But here's the thing, like you're using a legendary, but I, mean, I doubt you're going to be able to use it in battle, I would think, yet. It'll be like maybe transportation only until you reach a certain level, I would think. Yeah, I bet there's like a story element when you start. And then, yeah, eventually, like, they'll join you in battle or something. I do think, like, they kind of look like motorcycles, but that's one thing Sun and Moon did right, is they used, like, the way they used Pokemon to get around the map. Like, you could fly with Charizard, you could run fast with Tauros, stuff like that. And this basically combines all that stuff into the legendaries, which is really cool because they're salamanders. And they can do everything. So, be uh, cool to see. I kind of want to play it, but might just have to ignore the crystallize. But I think it, I think the RPG aspect could make it be one of the greatest Pokemon games in maybe ever. Honestly, yeah. so we'll see. I wonder what the other story is going to be. Yeah, they didn't say anything, but two other stories he, he, he could play, which I think is interesting. They want to keep some of it secret. But, uh, yeah. Other than that, I mean, all we have left is the Charizard UPC for 2022, which we really don't know much about. Um, we do have some images on Poke Beach that we were going to mention here. It's got the... Uh, like we said, the celebrations UPC layout where it's a nice like rectangle box and it flaps open. It's got Charizard and then a Pokeball on the other side. And then on the inside, it's got a couple illustrations of Charizard and uh, 
VMAX Charizard as well as a Pokeball. And the color is what I find the most interesting part of this. It, yeah, it, very it, colorful. It, it, it's very gorgeous. I think it's very bright. It's very alluring. It's very welcoming. It's, it's Charizard. I think the now they went very minimalist on some of the some of the design, especially like the front. It's basically like yeah, it's kind of like a silhouette in some ways of a Charizard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a silhouette. Uh, I guess it is. It actually, it's just all gray. It's like an old school artwork too. I forgot what artwork that's on, but it's where he's like looking off to the distance and stuff like that. It's a, like a really old school artwork. I forget where that's from, but it's driving me kind of nuts. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we know some details. Um, I think we already mentioned this October 28th, 120 bucks. It's going to have three etched foil promo cards, Charizard V, Charizard V Max, and Charizard V Star. A play mat featuring Gigantamax Charizard. Then you get the usual sleeves, metal coin, metal damage counter. So you get all the metal stuff that you did in Celebrations, but they do not mention anything of metal cards, which I figured we would know in this press release. So I think the uh, metal Charizard and Pikachu are like a one-and-done type thing. Yeah, and it looks like the... I'm assuming, maybe I should be assuming, though, that these promos are going to be alt-arts of the, the current Charizard VV Max and V-Star. And I'm interested to see the artwork on these. Yeah. Because this is going to... I imagine if they're giving it its own... Its own box, you would think that there's going to be some sort of amazing special art, right? Maybe all of them? I think that will dictate how crazy people go for it. Like, if it's Charizard box and the art's just kind of meh, I imagine it's, I mean, it'll sell, but it's not going to be like, oh, man, I got to have it. Like, got to sell for 400 bucks. Yeah. Like, right. I, I think that's where, I think that's what we're all kind of thinking, right? Is like, are we going to have to deal with what we had to deal with with the UPC, with the Celebrations UPC? Yeah, it all like, comes I down to like people one. wanting the cards, you know? Like, you know, you had, you had to go online for that. And that's what I found most frustrating was it was almost impossible to get MSRP because, I mean, the in GameStop, the ones in, in town for us, apparently this older woman cleared out, like, was it, was at one at, like, 5 a.m., two by two of them. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll pay, I'll pay $80 more because my time is more valuable to me. But you know, if we look at the lowest for for the celebrations, it was like two two thirty. I mean, I'm sure some could make you could maybe have found it cheaper, maybe. But I remember seeing them that low. So if we're if, if we should assume the price is going to be about that at the lowest, because I think they're also going to be making a lot more of these. I mean, there's no proof, right? But everything we've seen this year is Pokemon printing more and more for these for these products to lower the price. So I. I and like especially on this secondary market, I would think it'd be the same for this product as well. The past twelve months has been just like I said, so for them to not do that with this would be very atypical and against everything they've done in the last twelve months. But I mean, it's possible. But I, I there's going to be a lot, lot more of this one, I believe, and I think you'll see that. 
Yeah, I think so too. And the reason why we didn't see the like more of the celebrations one or more restocks of the celebrations one, I think, <sighs> is because of the metal card specifically. You know, mm-hmm. if it's a normal card, they can print whatever. But those metal cards, they've you know, we all know they have problems with chipping and all that. Grading yep. companies won't even grade them right now. Um, so a lot of that production was tied up to those metal cards, believe it or not. And honestly, that's why it's such a good product. It's like one of the very few modern products that I endorse of like, quote unquote, investing in. But I'm rather like buy one for yourself and enjoy it because the cards are so unique. But, you know, we might not see that ever again. So these Charizard cards, you know, they they did have Pikachu V and a Pokeball in the Celebrations UPC as well, which were all gold cards. So I bet these Charizards are going to be all gold Charizards, but they're not going to be metal. So, you know, with that, I mean, they're still just normal cards, so they could print more of those. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more and no metal cards, but maybe full art gold cards or something. Maybe. I I would be kind of surprised if they went just all gold for the for the full arts. I mean, it's possible. I just it's kind of anticlimactic, you know. I if they went all gold cards. Um I would like to see something more akin to a special art, all three of them. Will we get it? I have no clue, but that's what I'm wanting to see out of this product. I mean, I might get one anyways, just just because, because I, th- I think it is a cool yeah. box. I mean, but like I won't open it. It would be strictly to have in the collection just to have it for, for this era. I would like to get one and open one. I opened one of the Celebrations UPCs, and then I kept another. But this one I would like to just buy one of and open it just to have the cards. Yeah, I mean, if they're if it's only gold, yeah. They make great storage boxes. Like, I have random packs, Japanese boxes stuffed in mine. Like, you can take one of these empty boxes and put it in your, like, collection and also double as a storage box, which is kind of cool. But, yeah, I guess that's really about it for the news. That, that was a little longer than I thought, but... Uh, yeah, it nice, was a lot longer than we thought. <laughs> nice detailed news section. It's all good. For sure, for sure. But yeah, now, uh, we gotta get that that main topic now. All right, so yeah, on to the main topic: the next fifty years of Pokemon. What will Pokemon be like in the future? Will we be here in thirty years? What about retirement? What about cards being worthless? Are we reaching a point of too much? What generation will we be on? <laughs> lots of questions. One. Lots of questions. So yeah. Oh man, where to start? Yeah. Well, let's see. First, I think we kind of need to look at maybe just start from five years now and just kind of go onward to fifty. And where do you think we're going to be in within five to ten years? Yeah, I guess we can go ahead and yeah, give our give our whole layout all the way up. So. Yeah, you want to go first or want me to? You can go ahead. All right. So, the next 50 years. So, 
when I think about this, you know, I think of, you know, baseball and stuff like that and how other things have been around much longer and where they're at. You know, baseball's been around going on hundred years, over hundred years now. And some cards date even farther than that. You know, it's kind of a cloudy history as the start of baseball cards, but you know, here we are today where cards are selling for millions of dollars. Will Pokemon reach that point? I think so. We might not reach to that extent because sports reach is just insane. Which, you know, maybe when we're 50 years old, you know, everyone knows Pokemon. You know, maybe that'll be peak as far as prices go. But one thing that I like to differentiate between them is, you know, Pokemon is like characters. It's not like certain people. So Ken Griffey Jr. is a really popular baseball player, but... You know, for the next generation, like, yeah, they've heard the name, but they never got to, like, see him play and stuff like that. So, unfortunately, with, you know, a lot of baseball, they things kind of fade away. And we see that throughout everything. You know, players who aren't that good or stars that are in another generation that weren't the best of the best, you know, kind of kind of fade away. And you have these outliers of the players who are the best of the best, like Ken Griffey Jr. for the set he's in. The set is pretty much like worthless to open unless you pull a Ken Griffey Jr. card. So what I'm getting at is I think Pokemon is going to be heading in a direction more like that. Whereas it might not be a certain player, but it might be a certain Pokemon. Because as we push into the thousands of Pokemon at the pace we're going, you know, there's a lot of Pokemon that just get put to the wayside. Nobody's going crazy over a Weedle card. So, you know, of course, Charizard's what <laughs> Charizard's what you think about. So maybe in five years from now, maybe they're still printing Charizards. And if you pull Charizard, like that's considered a hit. But. Yeah. There's just I'm gonna uh, say there's just there's always been some Pokemon that have always been second or third fiddle compared to the big boys. Yeah. There's always been I don't know, what's what's uh coughing? Yeah. Is one that kind of comes I mean, it's kind of subjective, right? Uh with with some of them. Maybe Magmar. I mean there's there, I, I don't know. There's a lot of Pokemon that you kind of do forget about. Not Magmar because it got an evolution, but I sometimes think about the baseline Magmar a lot. It's just it's one of those ones I don't really think too much about. But yeah. I do know its name, whereas there is some in the newer gens where I don't even know their name. That's how obscure they are. But it's it's hard to keep track with, as you mentioned, a thousand different Pokemon, and plus with, with their variants. That's hard to have a running list of an encyclopedic knowledge to that point. Most people aren't going to have that. Yeah. And if you like, if I gave you that explanation like two years ago before the craze, like it would have been much different answer, but 
opening a booster box of Pokemon cards was like kind of a huge deal. Like if you did a you did a video on YouTube opening a booster box, like that was a nice video, kind of crazy to open a whole booster box. Now like everyone is like becoming numb to pack opening. I was just watching some today and it was a Stormfront box, like a box that I'm really nostalgic about. Came out in Diamond and Pearl area, like when I was collecting again. And like it was cool to see the cards again, but you know, I thought back just for a second. Man, it was just crazy to like watch someone's video and instead of opening one pack this video, they're opening three packs this video. What what will they get? And uh yeah, now you can turn on a Twitch stream and just see hundreds and hundreds of packs being opened every single day. Like, people are kind of becoming numb to it. And if you think about it, that's kind of what all of sports are to me. Like, I'm kind of just now getting a lot of knowledge into sports. But, you know, people are just cracking boxes just to go after the chases. And that's kind of what Pokemon has became in the next or in the last two years. So going forward, I mean, I think that's just how the hobby's going to be. We're going to see, like, just an absurd amount of product just to be open just because. And, you know, it's really all going to be out of the chase cards. Nobody's excited excited for a normal hollow anymore like you were five, ten years ago. And uh, so the whole set that Pokemon releases as a whole just... The experience is just way less now, so it's just become a thing where just the chase cards are the only thing that sticks out. Like every set might only have one to five cards or less that stand out, and everything else is just junk. One thing I look at with the, I was it Vivid Voltage with the Chonkachu, like the amazing rare cards were pretty amazing they like they look cool they got like a glitter hollow they really pop those cards are like five bucks a piece now it's like people were flipping out about those for like a month and then now they're just oh well now we have full arts and alt arts so i think we're in a very weird place like the alt arts is a very nice thing but I don't know, Pokemon has this habit of like changing up stuff really quickly before it even catches on or before they see how it plays out. And uh, yeah, alt arts are, are good and all, but you know, we have these things like amazing rares that just kind of fizzled out. It's like, where'd they go? You know, nobody cares about rainbow cards anymore, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're already getting like 10 plus alt art cards now. Like, they've already ramped up the alt art cards. Granted, they're hard as hell to pull, but it's like they're already getting kind of crazy with the the character selection or the character rares and stuff like that. Like, they're already trying to push it more and more. It's like, come on. (laughs) We got 50 years to go here. Yeah, and, you know, I wonder if what would happen if there was, whatever reason, a generation... A Pokemon, or for, there's just something else that's going on outside the hobby, which causes a sudden loss of interest. What that could do 
to a lot of the product within the hobby for that for that era. I, I don't think you can look at Pokemon and say it's going to be gone the wayside at some point like it did in sports because there was a time period with sports where people weren't really that interested in a lot of these sports cards. And I wonder if we could see that again. Not necessarily maybe three to four years from now, but what maybe about 10 years from now. Yeah, that's what I was kind of leaning into with the uh, the baseball as well, because mm-hmm. I have two notes here. Like, are we reaching the point of too much like baseball? <laughs> because, yeah, in the junk wax era, like there was a low time of the hobby. Just it was just so much product. Those things aren't worth anything. The other point I have here is lower cards die and grails soar. Meaning, like, Ken Griffey Jr. card goes up and up while the rest of the 99.9, every single other card in that set is worthless. And, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. It's like, Pokemon is pumping out these sets, and they're just being opened, like, so much. There's just so much to go after. Like, we're reaching the point where... Before now, collectors, if they wanted to, they could, like, enter the hobby and, like, go all the way back to base set and, like, collect a good majority of what they want. They could even set a goal and reach it semi-quickly compared to, like, sports cards where they can look at the entire library of Pokemon cards and put together their goal and complete it. You could go all the way back and still buy crystal cards, gold star cards for, like, You know, I say semi-cheap, but compared to, like, the best baseball card of a set with similar age, you know, we're we're reaching a point now, though, where that's kind of becoming unobtainable, especially with these alt-art cards, and instead of having one card that's worth $100 in the set, and then the rest of the set being $100 total, you know, we're having cards that are worth multiple hundred, and... It's just getting way more expensive and and stuff like that. And, you know, it's interesting or really great that the news broke about the Charizard UPC because what would happen if a lot of the hobby starts growing weary of this Kanto infatuation? Obviously, Kanto sells, right? But there's a certain point where it can be too much. And I think it's already happening. I mean, I would agree with you. It is with me, but I don't. I can't say that what is true for me is true for the majority of the hobby. Well, but, every if you look on that UPC announcement, every comment on Pokey Beach is like, "Ugh," like, "Oh, who would have guessed?" Like almost like ninety percent of the comments. And there's also a thread on E4 about it, and it's the exact same way. A little more optimistic on E4, but. There's a lot of like size and another Charizard product, but <laughs> so people are already feeling it for sure. And I wonder if it could cause some people to grow weary of Charizard. I do know it did for me. I was I'm also one of those people that kind of grew tired of it. Obviously, I'm still within the hobby with with other means, and 
Yeah, sometimes I will buy a Charizard card here and there. I mean, I'll buy the Radiant Charizard. I mean, so it. I guess the ultimate goal is achieved, right? I'm spending money on it. Yeah. But there's a certain point where I feel like you got to start pushing other Pokemon. And either the show or the manga or wherever you want to start trying to push it to start. It's got to happen somewhere. And it'd be interesting to see what that Pokemon would be because I would almost... I wouldn't be surprised if it would be whatever generation they're on that they try to push. They try to go all out like they did with Charizard and Greninja to try to get that next banger. To see if maybe it would do something that could rival Charizard. Or or you could see something down the line where something like a Greninja over sees Charizard. And they try to push that. Which is a whole other thing in terms of analyzing certain markets within the hobby or certain cards in general. Um, or, you know, they've made a thing out of Mewtwo, like Mewtwo gets a lot of love, but you have Lugia who yeah, like was a giant star of Pokemon 2000. That is just as popular as the first movie. Like or Entei, Suicune. Yeah. Entei in the third movie. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. And yeah, Charizard, but- like should get respect. Like yeah. if I was done with collecting 100% and wanted to 100% only invest in Pokemon, like I would probably every month buy an unlimited base set Charizard. <laughs> I just buy one every month as my investment. Cause you know, you can count on it. It's like the most sure thing. Everyone wants one. It's kind of like, you know, your ancient muse. Mm-hmm. It's like a surefire thing. Everyone wants one. I said, look, the Charizards were just like in crap condition. We're going for like 200 bucks online. Yeah. Uh, like I like would just I start lo- scooping up as many as I can, just drying out the market. And then if you're not even making a dent, well, you have all these Charizards anyway. So I don't know. He does He does get respect. It's deserved. But I mean. No, this one's only 100 bucks. It's like, yeah, That's- it's just when is enough enough. I know it's two hundred though, but yeah, you know, at, at a certain point, you might start alienating your, your younger base, and you might create another "quote unquote" dead era for the hobby. Po- Pokemon might have done that on their own, just like how it took a while for the sports cards to recover from either the junk wax era. Like it took them quite a bit. I remember a lot. A lot of the cards, whenever I collected, they weren't worth anything. Yeah. And only certain cards, really, from that era, are worth anything. Whereas nowadays, yes, it's a little bit different because a lot of people are like trying to hype which is going to be the next Mike Trout card. And a lot of it is all speculation about trying to get that card and sell it at the right time because it matters so much based on whether or not they're going to it's going to he's got they're going to make the whole thing mm-hmm. but <sighs> i think the biggest thing for sports and like how they got out of the junk wax era you know they did serialized numbers or like one of ones and one of tens and the number systems and then the different refractors and hollow patterns and all all the stuff like that you know there's a there's a whole 
entire world of sports cards that's just like kind of blown out of proportion like yeah there you might get a a Yadier Molina rookie but there's also a gold there's a black there's a you know cracked ice there's just so many variants and I think it's hard to keep track and it's intimidating too for that yeah well I think that's what Pokemon's gonna be too with the species instead of like the variant yeah like I don't know baseball you know you got the player and in that player you have all these variants signatures cracked ice all that stuff I just said in Pokemon it's gonna be the species like Okay, instead of the player, you have the Charizard. But that Charizard, you have the first edition, you have the, the V full art, you got all these variations. So I think they're really similar in that way. But if you look at the same eras, the junk cards of, you know, baseball, or like the players who aren't worth anything, the junk cards in Pokemon, which, you know, right now we're kind of entering a peak junk card era i think is all these modern packs that are being opened all the non-hollow rares like there's just so many of those being opened and they are like so worthless already Mm -hmm. like those are gonna be like nothing you see one thing that gives me hope that this won't happen is the alt arts and the alt arts i can't see individuals growing tiresome over just because arts let's i mean nostalgia and art is the reason why we pretty much collect this stuff right so if you have amazing art and if you keep on turning out amazing art i can't imagine the people that are passionate about this would grow weary of that because whereas with the junk wax era and other baseball aspects it took them a while to recover about how to bring people back. Because people were so scared after they thought, oh, you know, they heard about the Hickey Mantle car that sold in the 80s. And they figured, oh, yeah, sports cars are going to be a surefire investment. And then Topps just printing and printing and printing to demand. You can still buy those cars for cheap. Yeah. We haven't seen Pokemon do that. Yes, they are printing a lot, but people are, but the market is able to absorb what they're printing. So, yes, the bulk is going to be insane. Absolutely insane, 100%. And yes, you will probably see a decrease in bulk prices, I, I would think anyways. But people are still able to consume the product, so it's like, yeah, it's what more, came first, you know? It's <laughs> more about the chase rather than set completion now. That is also true, and how many people are switching to the more collector side rather than chasing for the quote-unquote money Yeah, and having that banger? Because a lot of people, you're right, though, a lot of people, it seems like in the hobby, it's they go with the next set, and what they spend on is the next set, and they might find something that they like, but they still are consuming newer sets each and every time. Yeah. I'm just... And could that, could that create burnout? between a large portion of the hobby. I mean, we we don't think so because we're still here, right? Yeah. But is it possible that a certain portion of the percentage that is primarily still chasing, that they just grow tired of it if, after a certain point within their life and just kind of start fading out less in the hobby? 
Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's gonna happen like that, but for me, it's gonna be like oversaturation. Like you're gonna get like so many Charizard cards where like they all kind of fade away, except for like the key cards. You know, right now we have like. Yeah, Charizard, Pikachu, Mewtwo, or even like sets, like first edition base set and stuff like that. But like as you stretch the sets out over a long period of time where people can't collect it all, or like don't have interest in it all, like you're going to see the spikes get higher and then the valleys on the chart get like lower. Like a lot more stuff is going to get buried, like... I don't know, maybe Neo Hollows get kind of buried because they're just a hollow, but like certain key cards. I think cards, YC like would be its own thing. I think it's more with distinguishment amongst modern sets, in my opinion. Because yeah, that is true. Because YC is, is its own thing, and YC will always be its own thing within Pokemon. It will always be probably the most steady of all cards within the hobby I, I would say yeah i think it's you, i think it's the best long term too because yeah no matter what happens if there's oversaturation and like you know there's already like less desirable stuff and like gen 3 gen 4 we know that but everyone goes back to watsy if no matter how modern's doing like Watsy's always strong, even though Watsy prices are pretty dirt cheap right now because yep. a lot of collectors haven't really grown up with it. You know, the new people coming into the hobby with how crazy modern is, but it'll always be there as like the foundation. But even then, though, like Watsy's kind of a large selection, so I don't know. Within Watsy, yeah. There's just so but, many so many factors to take into account. It's really hard. We're just kind of throwing stuff out in the air. But Well, there was one thing that you brought up that I also wanted to hit up on, and that was, so say in 20 years, right? That's seven generations from now, approximately. So we're talking 15, 16, and... I don't know what, what their least generation is. I think it was Gen 6. Is it, unless you include the, the Megas, but it was like less than 100. But let's just assume they have 100 each generation. I mean, with variants, I mean, you're talking about 1,000 Pokemon mm-hmm. within 20 years. You're talking, so you're, we're talking over 2,000 Pokemon and variants. So... Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> insane. That's another thing. Like, if Pokemon wanted to kind of prevent this they like should tone it down like that's another thing i think we're gonna get oversaturation of pokemon oversaturation of games sets cards charizard being his millionth card (laughs) like it's just gonna be too much to consume i think modern will always be strong going forward because that's their focus that's all they care about you know, modern, no matter what, if the hobby's in a low or the hobby's at a craze, you know, they're always going to have something spicy. And that's why we're seeing the alt arts and stuff do so great now. 
Well, but, you see, I think this is, you, you also hint about it, I think this is when we start to approach and becoming multi-generational within the hobby. Right mm-hmm. now, we're not quite there. I mean, we, we, we are, right? Because people with their kids or millennials with their kids, the prime age for, for Pokemon, uh, we're already seeing it a little bit. But with every year, every era, there's more kids that into the hobby and grow up and with that growth they have more buying power or they get closer to that to the time where they do have more buying power and either they're still in it or they come back to it it's eventually going to be more individuals within the hobby because pokemon is multi-generational already but not necessarily the cards so as we see that development with just the natural progression of time and we start having more individuals within the hobby, what is potentially deemed some of the hobby's favorites can change. The favorite Pokemon, I should say, can change and alter. Yeah. And it, I think Kanto will, for a long time, will continue to reign supreme and will always, always be towards the top. I can't imagine it falling completely off from the uh, from the spectrum. However, I could see certain other eras start playing a larger role, and I do believe one of those will be Greninja. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And like a lot of those kids who grew up with Greninja being the star, like a lot of kids those age, like maybe approaching, you know, five to ten years old now, for the majority of them. Well, they're. Some of them aren't are in high school, so. Well, I mean, like the, what? yeah, most of the kids who are like buying packs like for the first time now. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So like they're genuinely interested in Pokemon. Like you see it everywhere. Like kids are into Pokemon, but you know when they're older and they have money, it's like, are they gonna want to collect before now? Like, are they gonna want to collect Watsy? Or they're going to just think of Watsy as like these ancient cards that everyone has to have. (laughs) So you'll start having more niches within the hobby. You'll start seeing that. And that could strengthen certain markets while also weight weakening others based on people's preference of those cards within either that species or that set or that era. Yeah. Overall, I think you're just going to see, like I said, just a slow bleed because there's just so many options. Like, you know, for me, I love my gold stars. Gold stars are great, but there's so many other options to collect. Like they're, they're in the dead era of Pokemon. So Charizard, they set Charizard wins over a lot of the gold stars. So I don't know. I think that is going to happen more often and stretched out for far more periods of time. And, you know, also you can pretty much buy any booster box of Pokemon cards and guarantee it's going to go up because at this rate, like, people want to open up old stuff. Booster boxes I've opened are like thousands of dollars now, and I didn't think twice about ripping those things open. But Well, there's a lot of people keeping stuff sealed, but I do think a lot of certain of the premier sets will reach a couple thousand per booster box eventually i do i do believe that 
Um, it's it's going to be a lot. Yes, it is going to be a lot slower than we've seen in the past. Yeah, it's going to take like maybe instead of it being maybe ten years, like you've seen with some of the uh, black and white era and before. It's probably going to take probably. I don't want to say double, but it's going to take significantly a little longer. I would say several years for sure. Yeah. Like if we have another hype within the next five years, like, but then that would be interesting because all of a sudden evolving skies would be absolutely through the roof, even though the pull rates are atrocious. I was getting ready to say, if we have another boom in the next (laughs) five years, evolving skies might hit a thousand. Like it'll follow steps of evolutions. Yeah. I, I I agree with you on that one. But yeah, then all the other sets might just be a hundred to 500, depending on how popular they are. People be tracing that Umbreon. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's it's okay to also buy a certain amount of packs, especially if you set a limit for yourself. Like, I'm always paying like two or 300 on this set, and you, you stick to that, and you don't get it. I mean... Yeah. But, but okay. perhaps that's, you just enjoy opening packs, and you, you don't care. You just, what you get from your packs is what, what you get, and that's it. One thing, like, one thing I'm experiencing now is like the most fun I could have in the hobby right now is like buying packs of cards that I got when I entered the hobby again. And that's a lot of diamond and pearl sets. So like kids today might feel that. So like, you know, that's pretty safe to say like evolving skies, people are going to want to open evolving skies for a long time. Cause people, it's just so ingrained in the hobby now, just as a great set. But, yeah, will they want to go beyond that, go, you know, open evolutions or something like that? It's just Or even open anything else from this era. Like, the, how much will the other stuff from this era kind of just be forgotten about? It'll just be certain cards. Like, for example, like with Fusion Strike, maybe it would just be the, the Mew. Although it's not a very good art for the Mew, so maybe not. But, but you know, like, maybe the Genesex or some card that, keeps value, but it seems like if you look 10 years, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, I think you're looking at even some of these alt arts kind of being lost because some of these Pokemon will become forgotten about by a lot of people. Yeah, now at the now, rate they're going, find... like I said, they're just pumping them out. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all going to thin out because only the top ones stick out. You're already seeing it with their, with their price. You know, a lot of them are already starting to decrease. Has been for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of where we think it's heading. Um, I'm going to go through my points here, see if we touched on a lot of these. Um, The only thing we didn't talk about is, like, when we retire and stuff. So we'll save that here for a second. Um, I have what will make cards worthless. I kind of touched on that. Just mass opening like we're doing. Just pretty much 90% of the box already is worthless. Yep. Just think of like unless Neo. they, yeah. Unless, right. you know, basically, the English, like we talked about this before, and what we'd like to see Pokemon do, unless we start seeing they increase the quality of the English pack to yeah. give reason to collect like you can with the, the amazing quality with the Japanese cards. Give, it'll, it'll attract more people to appreciate all the cards in the pack, or a lot more. You just appreciate how finely made they are. Whereas, and people might buy less, 
but people would appreciate more than the hobby. Well, you can still make the pull rates atrocious, I guess, for the for the businesses of the world for for, for Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they do have to make money, so like that's how they see it. So that's how the perspective how you have have to view it. Yeah, I just you know I was gonna say if you look at the Neo sets, you can still buy non-hollow sets for pretty cheap, but they're you know, pretty much any set. I mean, the common, uncommons, and even non-hollow rares, they might be anywhere from a dollar to five dollars a piece in extreme cases. Just imagine, like, non-hollow complete sets of sets today. Like, you'll pick them up for, like, five bucks. So, that is one thing the alt arts do balance out. Like, you know, you could buy a Neo set, non-hollow complete for like a hundred bucks and the hollows are going to cost you, you know, multiple hundred. Well, you flip that over to a modern set and like you could buy the non-hollows for like pennies on the dollar, <laughs> you know, complete it for like 30 bucks. But then you have to buy that one alt art that's like multiple hundreds. So it kind of balances out in a way. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, they've changed so much over the years and especially the last two years. It's just... We're just in such a different world with the mass opening and the interest of the hobby onto the next thing, onto the next thing. I don't know. It's just going to be, well, it is impossible to tell, but this is just kind of our ideas of how things might go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's pretty much no way for Pokemon cars to go worthless, completely worthless. Maybe some of the bulk might be like a cent, but I I just kind of wanted to save my piece on that overall. But I just don't see a world where they'll be so cheap that they're like worthless, like the junk wax era. I don't think it'll it'll be that bad. I think yeah. Pokemon does a, does a decent job in printing to about what they need. It seems like they're really doing a good job with that because I still go anytime I go to Walmart. It seems like. There's still some product there, but a lot of it is sold. So they're able to sell what they they're able to decently gauge what how much they need to print at this point. So hopefully they keep that in mind going forward. So th certain cards don't completely buy them out for, for certain eras because that might lose some people potentially their interest in the hobby. But I mean. Yeah. If that's the case, then I mean they're probably never long for the hobby anyways. But there, as we as we mentioned, there's a lot of people that are going for the chase for the value of the card. So it could take some people with it. But yeah, I, I, I don't think, think it'll be as bad as sports. Or... Yeah, I think that is a good point. And I just thought of something like with you saying that, I almost think like junk's junk wax or junk box era is like future proof for Pokemon. Because one of the main differences is, is like people love opening the Pokemon cards based off if it's, you know, worth worth it or not. And with baseball, the reason a lot of those boxes were worthless is because, yeah, I mean, they were printed to oblivion. But mm -hmm. there's no noticeable, like, players. Like, no one cares about Joe Schmo third baseman. Whereas if you open up, you know, a set today, it's like or any of the old sets in the future, like if you open up Evolving Skies for $2,000, you know, 20 years from now or whenever it is, an Umbreon is still an Umbreon. Mm -hmm. Like Umbreon didn't retire 
20 years ago. Like, he's still a character in Pokemon. Granted, still gaining new favorites. People yeah. consider his favorite. Granted, like, a lot of the not-so-favorite Pokemon might go the way of Joe Schmo with their basement, but popular Pokemon like Charizard and all those big guys, you know, they're lifetime Hall of Famers. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I had a conversation with a coworker and he's about 10 or 11 years, my junior. So I'm about 31. He's in his early 20s. His favorite Pokemon is Umbreon. Yeah. So, and, you know, Umbreon is our top five as well. So there are some Pokemon that will be continually seen as many people's favorite. But of the 2,000 Pokemon, you got to be careful with not all in that being like the first couple of gens. You got to disperse that within each generation. And I don't think they've done that very well so far for some. But some of the newer ones need time. But there are some Pokemon where they do neglect. I think Swampert was one of them, actually. I, I, I remember looking just cards for certain Pokemon because I was just curious. And I know Swampert seems to be pretty... Neglected. Yeah. Just just as an example, just that one Pokemon. I mean, there's many others and other generations that could be given more love. That yeah, are Lego's favorite. Yeah, the characters themselves, like Charizard, Umbreon, Swampert, they're the Mickey Mantles of Pokemon, except they're still making cards of them. So they live on. Like, you know, it's just, just a weird dynamic and different aspect of applying it but yeah it's uh it's interesting the only other thing we didn't quite touch on is like what we see ourselves doing in the future well there is one other thing and that was i think in about 20 we kind of hinted at it throughout the episode but in about 20 to 30 years i think we'll start seeing this sweet spot where several generations have significant buying power within the hobby at the same time in our generation you have people from currently that are about what mid 30s to late 20s that are very big into the hobby and are pretty much the what you would say the og pokemon people people that were there when the first generation of pokemon and the hype the original late 90s hype yeah the people that so, you're going to see on the news showing their million dollar collections. Like, like that old guy we saw at the National with the, with the SGC 9.5 Mickey Mantle. That's exactly what you're going to see in 20 or 30 years. Yeah. And, and in that individual's case, he said he, he like, you know, I, maybe someone else can enjoy it, but he has kids. The guy was in his early 60s. He wants it sold and he wants it for his retirement. And to pass it on to his kids. That's what it is. He wants it liquidated. And you're going to see that with a lot of people when it gets to that point. So in 30 years from now, approximately, there will be a time where you better hope you're not holding the wrong thing. Or trying to, hoping to try to sell the wrong thing. Because there will be a time where in 30 years, a lot of people could be trying to sell the same thing. Trying yeah. to sell... But certain things within the hobby, like we mentioned, Watsy, anything pretty much first edition, regardless of condition, I would think at that point in 30 years, is going to be able to sell for a decent amount of money. 
Well, that's and why I would put money in Charizards if I was strictly investing. It's like I mean, yeah, if you're but so but you're also going to have not just that generation, but that individual's children generation interested within the hobby as well. Now, you, I think it'll be at at that point you'll have enough difference in generations where its own market can be created and its own buying power and, and everything, especially like it's not necessarily so much in love or obsess, if you will, over the Charizard, but a generation where, yes, you know, they grew up with Charizard, but it's not that core. It's not their generation Charizard, quote unquote. Yeah. And I think in my opinion, one of those is, I know I mentioned it several times is Greninja and I think it'll be really interesting to see some cars that aren't necessarily seen as hot items right now because that generation hasn't developed enough for that market to be created. I wonder how it will alter some of the, or you know, pretty much dictate some of the cards that are seen as era-defining, or how that could change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do think that, yeah, I'll probably be collecting all the way through in some way. Like, yeah, I would hope that my collection goals would be done and I'm done buying just random cards I like. But mm-hmm. I feel like I'd always, in a way, contribute a little bit, whether that's just buying up first ed or base set Charizards just to build a position of them. And then when that time comes, sell like one every week or something. Like, I don't know. I'll always be here keeping tabs through and through. For my personal collection, I mean, the only thing I can see long term outside of Watsy binder sets is, you know, my Japanese promos, like cards that really stand out across the entire hobby. And then my gold stars, which that's just kind of a personal thing. But. Other than that, I mean, if I really essentially had, like, unlimited money, I would, like, go back and, like, just build positions of stuff I already have. Like, I'd finish my binders. I'd buy, like, all of my Japanese full art cards that I really love and that I think are just so iconic that I have to have. And then I'd probably, you know, be the gold star guy. i just buy up every gold star I saw maybe every first edition Charizard, every base set Charizard I saw. Just, if I had millions and millions of dollars, like, just start picking them up slowly but surely, taking them out of the market. Just be, it would just be a fun thing to do, kind of, be kind of lucrative and an obscure thing to do, but it would just keep me engaged and, you know, I believe in it, so... I think I would do well doing that, and someone could very easily do well doing that right now. But Mm -hmm. you see it in Magic because, you know, Magic the Gathering, they have the reserved list where it's like a list of cards that Watsy said they would never reprint again, even though I would not trust Watsy nowadays because they're just real shady with Magic and just money grab (laughs) machine over there. But a lot of people would buy out cards and magic the gathering they look at reserve list cards and just buy certain cards out kind of control the market so you might see that in pokemon as we get a little older and 
Magic's player base is a little older than Pokemon, so I mean that might not be too far off here. We we can start analyzing it. Yeah, you're absolutely right because we're looking at some of the people for Magic. They're starting to push in in their fifties. Yeah. Yeah, and like we're already seeing that to some extent. You know, people like Logan Paul buying multiple first edition base set boxes. You know, he just bought a position of it. He didn't buy just two one to open one to keep he's like buying a position and gary with his charizards and stuff like that so yeah i i could see myself collecting like i said for a long time and then when that time comes the blending of generations i would probably sell a lot of stuff i don't know maybe to retire early if you know stuff was going well which you know maybe they'll all be worthless by then if that's the case i'd probably just keep it all if it's worth a lot i'd sell a good chunk of it but there's always a handful of cards that i would keep just to bring with me and pass down or something like that absolutely i'm just saying that long a time there will be some stuff that i will take to the grave with me or you know pass it on but a lot of it will be down to the core collection and just kind of cards that I just kind of liked. Cards that might not be worth necessarily a huge amount, but you know could be could be worth a little something. Uh, like you know whoever whoever ends up in, inheriting it. But I imagine I'll have most of that sold by the time I'm sixty. Oh, yeah. I would think. I, I I would think by then I would have a more minimalized collection down to. Just the things, basically a lot of things that I'm buying now, I think. And some of the things I'm buying now, I might end up selling if it's, if the money's worth it. Like, for example, the Scream side up. Yeah, a lot of stuff I like keep the, is just my binders, you know, not I mean, even exactly. really great stuff. I, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Everything I have graded pretty much, I would I would sell. And I would just have the raw stuff with, with the binders. It gets to a certain point where the money's going to be life-changing. Added, added it all up. I mean, at a certain point, I imagine my collection, I mean, I kind of have a rough idea of what my collection's worth now, you know, it's kind of with the cards, you know, assuming the cards and the grades I'll probably get. And I am continually buying the right stuff. And I'm even making, you know, some, some guesses, educated guesses on what I think will do well long term that, yeah, I plan on selling either to get the grails if that opportunity arises like if i can sell for some of those rcs illustrator promos absolutely and if not for that pretty much paying down in, in house i have I, I imagine yeah so i ran the numbers on my collection not long ago and yeah it kind of surprised me because last time i did it was 2018 i think which yeah. kind of surprised me then <laughs> but yeah, a lot, lot bigger number now than just and, thinking of like what it would have been if I just sold everything in 2020. Like, I mean, it was essentially life-changing money for me. And uh, and at the end of the day, that's more important than collecting cardboard because you won't sell completely everything, but you'll sell like 95. You'll just sell the bare minimum. You know, you'll just keep the bare minimum and sell everything else worth a lot of value. Yeah. And it gets well, to a certain point. I found out it wasn't life-changing enough, I guess, because I didn't sell a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. But 
I I just like kept holding true. I'm like, yeah, it might go up even more. It might just stay the same. You know, even if I knew it was going to go down, like I, I wouldn't have sold. I would have sold more, obviously, but I wouldn't have sold as much as like normal people, I think, because I'm, I just essentially ignored the stuff. I bought more in the last two years than I did in the last, you know, four before that. So it's just really spiked my interest even more and just more active in buying and stuff and all that. But just yeah. weird, weird how it all works. But I guess that'll be about it for the main topic, though. I mean, well, I, I will. I was just going to say one thing real quick. Yeah. Um, when you shoot down to about 50 years from now, this is way too far for really any of us to, to guess. It is complete speculation. But in 50 years, it'll be interesting to see what this mass, I don't want to say, when our generation starts dying, it'll be interesting to see what that would do to Watsi. Certain parts of Watsi, how that would influence the those markets at that time yeah and because one thing because i look at a lot of state sales and you, you i mean most of state sales are like you know somebody's the matriarch or the and the patriarch have both passed within the family and they're just trying to get rid of it and sell the house and, and all that and you start you see kind of these similar elements and you see a lot of the toys of their generation well, it's going to be the same thing with us, but it's going to have a lot of Pokemon in it and a lot of other things, like co- certain comics, like Batman, Marvel, DC, whatever. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting. You can start getting unlimited. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it's going to be Watsy, and it might even be like Evolving Skies. And it would just be interesting to see how that will make the market go because you'll start seeing how many of these cars that weren't in circulation that pretty much make the price of certain items what they are. But now that they've entered the this re-enter this the the market, I mean, I imagine a decent portion would would re-enter the market. It would really, really lower the price of a lot of those things because a lot of people they're printing a lot, and a lot of people are keeping it everything in mint condition. And I think you might start to see the outcomes way down the line of this era and how the era is proceeding because of that. And I also think there's going to be a certain point down the road where as our population decreases because it's been the population growth has decreased substantially in the last decade or so last 10 20 years and it's continuing to decrease in fact i was just looking at it uh this past year was the lowest growth percentage of population since basically the founding of our nation and yeah there are factors with it with the pandemic and all that but that this is a this is a trend, the downward trend that's been around for a while. So it would be interesting to see how that will play long term with less people. You already see less population in Japan. Their their population has decreased over time. And yes, Pokemon is still huge there, but it's still a possibility that there'll be less people in, involved in Pokemon because of Yeah. Because of it. So it's, it'll be like the rich get richer, like the rich will like buy everything up and they'll be the ones to like, like I said, on TV showing their million dollar collection while yep. everyone else thinks it's kind of dumb, <laughs> but it is what it is. And yeah, you'll, you'll have a lot less stuff like we talked about 
that's worth that much. But then you'll have outliers like the Charizard who will become like the Mickey Mantle if Pokemon is still somewhat popular, of course. You'll you'll have the key cards will be even more key. And then the second place cards will be kind of less. Like the gaps are going to widen between all cards, you know. How it's the easiest way to put it, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting. Another thing, it'll be interesting to see how climate change and individuals who, you know, try to combat it, the governments, whatever societies try to combat it, how that will change Pokemon and their products, how they present them, how they ship them, all that in 50 years. I'm not saying any people are going to want virtual cards because people will always prefer to have something in their hand. But I am interested to see how that will change the presentation of and purchasing of cards in in the future and how that could change the desirability of Pokemon and what they have at that time. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe people will have adapted and everybody's going to have digital collections and it's going to be it's going to be kind of, you know, I I can honestly see this happening. It's going to be kind of like NFTs where like. You buy a virtual pack. I mean, just like card games today, you buy virtual packs or virtual boxes. You can do that on Magic Arena. But, like, instead, each card you get has, like, a unique ID or something like that tied to some blockchain technology, you know, NFT style, where, like, that card, even though it's digital, it's, like, unique to that copy, and you can trade it, do whatever. And I could definitely see that happening. But if that happens... You would want it to be sooner rather than later, so like we have less of a physical card pool. But yeah, people, at least until we die, people are gonna want to open things and hold things. I, I I agree. I mean, this is way down the line, but it's just interesting <laughs> to speculate. Yeah. Anyway, let us know what you think. Like you know, we didn't really give defined lines of what Pokemon was gonna be in the next fifty years, but you know, you can't tell, obviously. But there's just so many factors that, like, twist and turn. I mean, just looking at the last four years, like, how much Pokemon has changed in the middle of that. Like, you know, 2018, 2019 versus 2020 and 2021. I mean, it just seems like we're going down a path that was just totally different and just way out of proportion given just two years ago before everything went crazy. But... Yeah, we'll let you know in 50 years on episode 5,000 and probably like... <laughs> I even make it to 80. <laughs> yeah. Let me let, let, let me get with my family history. Let me just, like, if I get to 70 with my mind still intact, I will be eternally grateful. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. so... So tune in to episode 5,000 and something. Yeah, for sure. You never know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, hop into the questions. Um... Mine kind of relates to the normal topic, but, you know, pretty pretty quick question segment, I think, here. And we do have a different type of game coming up, so it uh, mm. be interesting. But, yeah, yes. for, for my question, relating to the future of Pokemon, specifically your Pokemon, you know you're dying in six months, without a doubt. You're dead in six months. What do you do with your cards right now? Would you sell... What would you do? You're dead in six months. Um, <laughs> you go now. You're dead in six months. <laughs> go. 
Um, if I was told that I would probably, well, okay. I mean, I don't have a lot of time to like sell things, right? To try to go somewhere to see something. I mean, I would. That's maybe a year. That, you're dead in a year. Okay. Okay. A year. Okay. A year. Well, let's do a year. I have time to find a buyer for all my collection and go see a place. I, I, I would probably do that. You're dead. Um, you're dead in a year, but you have a one week period where your time is free. So like it's completely dedicated to doing whatever loose ends you got to tie up. Okay. I mean, if it were, if I was financially better off, like, I mean, I'm paying off of, like a lot of debts right now. So what, I mean, what I would do would, a lot of debts from moving, by the way, not from making bad financial decisions. I wanted to elaborate on that one, but, um, Right now, I'd be kind of I'd be kind of screwed <laughs> if that were to happen. Like I would I would probably sell a decent amount uh, to pay off that debt. But like, say if it were like two years from now, where like I'm I'm doing amazing and all that, and I would probably sell a decent amount of it so I could go travel somewhere. Yeah. I would definitely it would be worth seeing somewhere. I mean, I I would just say let's screw it. Let's just Go to Europe, backpack through Europe, just see to see there. Like if that's if, that, if that's what ends up happening, and then it'd be, it'd be worth it. Because at the end of the day, this is just cardboard. Like there is some stuff I would pass along to the next generation, but I guess it'd be like my brother's kids or something like that. But yeah, I would pass on something to so that they can have it. But a lot of it I would sell to afford to go on like travel basically until I'm I'm dead. Yeah, I would do that too. I would like keep one card because you know at this point, like people I'd pass it down to didn't get to like hear my story, so it's like it'd be like nothing to them. So yeah, I'd probably sell it and then just have the one card leave behind as like a a memory. <laughs> then yeah, I'd go travel or something. Because, yeah, at that point, I mean, only a year out, it's like, well, you know, I was expecting to enjoy these for, like, 30-plus years. So, just kind of puts it in a different perspective. Okay. So, yeah, what you got? So, this is kind of similar, but, like, on the opposite side of your question is, what would it take for you to lose complete interest in Pokemon slash collecting Pokemon? Would it take for you to to die, or would would it be something else? Um... I guess if I knew I was going to die in a year. <laughs> so that would be, uh, you know, I'd just totally lose interest and focus on that. But if I was still going on, um, I don't know. I mean, I could see myself losing interest already as far as, like, buying stuff. I would always want to, like, make content or like be engaged somehow. But as far as like buying stuff for the collection, like my collection has like an end goal. So if I reached that, like I'd be pretty much totally done. And then just, you know, probably still collect, but buy more of the stuff that I already have, like just buy multiples. But yeah, so I could see myself, Maybe a lot sooner than most people would think about being done as far as the collection goes. 
and just focusing somewhere else in the hobby. Now, if it was for like just being totally disconnected from the hobby, like I don't know what that would be. Um, maybe if they just kept making the games crazier and crazier, where like I didn't want to play them at all. <laughs> like, you know, I haven't played Sword and Shield. Like, I've kind of stayed away from the games because I didn't really like the games, the direction they were going. But I think I'll enjoy like Scarlet and Violet and then like the next Pokemon game. Like I think I'll really like once they flesh out more of the RPG style. But if they kept getting ridiculous with that and just made some really dumb decisions and I don't know, Pokemon cards just became worthless or unentertaining to open, which I mean, they're kind of getting to that point for me now, but. I could still buy the old packs and have fun there, like I said. So, I mean, modern for me, it's kind of already there. Like, I love the alt arts, and I love looking at the stuff. And, yeah, I want to buy a few just to have, but, like, I really don't care to open packs. You know, I never open anything. But I could see it dwindling, but I, I really don't know what it would take to totally be shut off. I think, uh, I mean, I might come back, but I could see a situation where down the road I, I find a hobby where it completely, like, takes all my attention and I get really good at it. I can see forgetting about a lot of other things, including Pokemon. Because there are times where I, like, for example, I get so into photography that I don't care about any other hobby that I have. So yeah. I could see a situation where maybe it's a new hobby that I discover where I just like, oh, I, you know, I don't have interest in it at all. Like, it wouldn't be like a flip of a switch. It'll be like a gradual thing. But, and then I'll, I'll probably come back to it in like 10 years and be mad at myself that I, that, that I ever left. <laughs> I'm like that with games and stuff and then like Pokemon Go and stuff. Like when I'm into something, like I go kind of crazy. And, like, I want to be the best and, you know, very competitive with games. So I, like, go all in. But Pokemon has always been the thing that's, like, stayed. Yeah, I might be more engaged or less engaged at some times. But, you know, I always come back. And even when I'm into other things, it's always, like, in the background. But, yeah, the last, I don't know, four years or so, it's been a noticeable uptick where it's kind of instead of being in the background it's kind of front and center even though there might be other hobbies or things you know just as equal but i mean but you it, could have your daughter pretty much grow a hobby and you yeah. try to have her succeed as best you can that becomes your prime like say she got it i don't know got into gym gymnastics or softball or something you know yeah. And that that becomes where all of your time is like taking her places, all of your free time, and like you have very little free time to delve into the hobby itself. Yeah, but even then, like at night when I go to bed, I can <sighs> chill on eBay and buy stuff, and <laughs> you know, that, stay up later, stay yeah, up later, get up earlier. That doesn't affect my nighttime eBay searches, but the key is to get her into Pokemon. So like after practice we can go buy a pack and <laughs> so, yeah pretty pretty interesting stuff i yeah it's it's weird like you just don't see an end right now but 
guess we can head on over to the game. This might be the longest episode ever. <laughs> another long episode. Well, I mean, the game, we can kind of keep this short and then we'll elaborate on this again. Uh, like, we, we might as well just go all in at this point. <laughs> go all in. Well, I want to keep it kind of short because we, okay, we okay. need to address it again after it's played out. Okay. okay. So we're going to do over and under. We're going to give a statement or a question. And then we're going to both give a brief explanation on why we think one or the other and then we'll revisit this in a few months once some graded copies come back and we'll see what's happening so the question for me maybe stylized a little different but i had in two years will the special delivery charizard be over or under the bidoof and what about the pikachu so two years time, what you think? So the special delivery Bidoof will definitely be more than the special delivery Charizard. That is my opinion of it because I think they're going to be printing a lot more. Now, this is all speculation from our limited information that we have. Like, it's very limited. But... There seems to be quite a few people acquiring these codes. I've actually now know a couple of people that have gotten a code. Not me yet, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, me neither. But yeah, but I actually do know a few personally that have been able to get it. Now I know it's anecdotal, so take it with a grain of salt. But if that's the case, then I imagine that's just there's a lot of people getting these codes already, and with this slow rollout, we're like only week three of twelve. Yeah, I imagine almost anybody, anybody that's legit is what I think. Anybody that's legit and they can verify that had an email and everything else, they're going to send a code to. That's what I think with some of the trends they've had with printing. But again, this is based on limited information. So <laughs> definitely could be wrong. I'm just saying I, I could be wrong. Uh, that's definitely possible. You know, I'm not, no one's perfect. Uh, but... I think that's going to go down further, go down further in price than it already is. Yeah. But the Bidoof has been staying steady. Yeah. Well, it's also been fleshed out. One thing I was going to mention, you know, Bidoof's been out a year right now where Charizard has just came out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Charizard still has some way to go as far as downward goes. Okay, but, but I don't yeah. think the special delivery Bidoof went below 140, but I could be mistaken. I remember looking at it, and it, the lowest I remember when I began looking at it, it was like 140 sealed or so. And you're already seeing that special delivery Charizard go under 140 right now, and we're only week three of a 12-week of a rollout of these codes. Yeah. Well, my, my hot take, just for competitive sake... <laughs> I do think it's going to take longer, but I'll, I'll say in two years, the Charizard is going to be more than the Bidoof. So <laughs> in two years, you know, Bidoof will have a full extra year on Charizard, which will hurt the Charizard. But that the Charizard should be fully fleshed out. People who got it graded will have it back. But realistically, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable saying like four or five years. But... I think it could 
happening too. It's going to take a lot to do it though. Now, no, I just don't see it. I I think there's going to. I mean, yes, there'll be more. Okay, there'll be some people who want it because might want it more because it actually says Charizard. But I believe that because Special Delivery Badoop is essentially a meme card, it's, I mean, let's, let's be real, the main subject matter is a Charizard, okay? So, with all, I mean, it is a Charizard card without the Charizard name. Yeah, but all this hype for the Charizard, like, it was the one everyone was excited about for two years, and Badoof came out of nowhere. But it's been made after they developed a system to which allow them to get it to as many individuals as possible. Now you could have a situation like what like what you mentioned about hoarding cards. There could be an individual who chooses to do that with special delivery Charizard because you know what? Let's face it, there will be a lot of people doing this, right? Yeah. So it is po- possible that there could be some milk from the market. But it'll be kind of superficial because you'll know there's hordes of them somewhere. <laughs> and but that would be like a decade from now, maybe. I think that the difference is minimal enough that the quantity difference will be too great for the special delivery Charizard to overcome. So, my biggest thing against that. Is like I think I said this in text. Quantity always diminishes, but Charizard is eternal. <laughs> the Charizard all, name special. will carry that card, and it you know it might take ten years. It could be two, <laughs> but Charizard is Charizard, and he will overpower the Bidoof. But special delivery Bidoof is a Charizard card. And it's like you really the Charizard card. One thing I, it, I, one thing it does have going for it is like it was kind of a unexpected thing. And yeah, I do think there is a lot more Charizards made than Bidoof. It's gonna be a lot a lot, a lot more. And that's something we can both agree on, I think. I it's a lot, but it's not like a lot a lot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much that is, but Okay, I I disagree. This thing was a I mean, this thing got that link got passed around like the village bicycle. <laughs> like that. I never thing, shared my bicycle. Well, that's why it was the village bicycle. <laughs> but <laughs> the but, but the thing is, like, they were open for the same amount of time ish. But I don't know. I guess it, it's easiest to, for me to put it in percentages. I guess. You see, with me, I don't know what I was doing, but I don't remember that thing going live with the special delivery Bidoof. I completely like missed the ball on that one. I told I, I you about that, it, and then like but, a couple of days later, I told you about it again, and then you're like, yeah, I don't know. And then you missed it. That's what happened. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I was I was definitely during a time when I was really busy, but I think there's going to be so, there's going to be so much more made for the special delivery Charizard that I think you're going to see it dip below $100. Yeah, I think it will it, dip it, below 100 for sure. I think you could even see it dip below 50. Ooh! Bold! Bold! Uh, uh, I don't know. It'll, yeah, it'll have I mean, a hard time breaking 100, but it'll be there for sure, I think. If you can already... Week 3, you're already seeing them being sold for 139. Or, I, mean, I mean, 129. You don't think by week 11 it's going to be below 100? Uh, I don't know. 
So here's the thing, right? Like, like I said, with percentages, it seems like a lot of people signed up for Bidoof and not a lot of people got them. You do seem like you're seeing a lot more people get the Charizard, but you're also seeing a lot of people who are more engaged with the hobby. Like Bidoof didn't really circle around like wildfire until it was like done. Charizard, we've been waiting on this for two years. So like everybody who's active in the hobby, like had their email in pretty much. I even asked my girlfriend to get it because I mean, that part is speculation, but I figured I could get two for 50 bucks combined. It was my thought process on it. So, yeah. Well, I do think like to what I said though, it's like, you know, there's just naturally more exposure because it finally happened, you know? So we are seeing more, even if the prints were the same, like you're just seeing more of it because it's just such a crazy story. I mean, that's definitely possible, but what if there is a ridiculous amount of people, more people, because a lot of people could have missed it, just like me with the special delivery Bidoof, because people weren't engaged at that, as you mentioned, weren't engaged in that direction of the hobby. They were busy looking at, I don't know, somebody opening packs. (laughs) Yeah, and there is a lot of people who missed it. Like, you see all the posts on Facebook, people are like, oh, yeah, I missed it, or can you still get it? And People are just like, no. <laughs> so there are still a lot of people also, missed. There's also a possibility, though, that they can bring this out for another printing. Because the demand could be high enough that they could also do it, a special promotion for all we know, for, for Christmas. I mean, is it really that far outside of possibility? Because that's one, what Charizard was, makes the money. That's what I was thinking, too. It's like, yeah, I think... No matter what, no matter how long it takes, I think the Charizard name and the story will outpace the Bidoof. But, yeah, the the balls on Pokemon's court, I mean, they could, like, hey, here's another chance to get special delivery Charizard, you know? Yeah, I think I we can both see that happening, right? Yeah. I, I, I think that's a very strong possibility. But, I mean, that's further down the line. But I just think that... Special delivery Bidoof will be higher than the special delivery Charizard for a long time. I'm talking over 10 years. It's a possibility maybe in like 15 plus, maybe. I don't don't know. But it's hard to say. Because I'm not betting against Charizard. You know, they say never bet against Charizard. Well, I'm not. Because just for the next 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) But special delivery Bidoof is a Charizard card. I mean, let's be real. And it is, I mean, maybe that's how I see it, but, like, I can't be the only one that sees it like that. And now it's a whole series with the special delivery Pikachu. And, by the way, I think that one would probably be the least out out of all three. Yeah, I think so, too. Pikachu's always going to be... You can still get, like, a a, a nine for, like, a hundred bucks, I think. Or last I checked, it was, like, one one twenty five for a PSA 9. Yeah, we'll see. I mean... Ideally, you would think, like, they just shut down the Bidoof, and then whoever got a code got one. Like, let's say, like, 30% of the people got one. It seems like this time, at the rate we're going, like, 80% plus are going to get the Charizard. Or maybe they're shooting for, like, everyone. Maybe they only had enough pre-orders or codes for how many copies they made. 
So if you signed up well, and I got think, in the window within three days, maybe you're guaranteed to get a code and maybe they're just spacing them out because they want to make sure the website have bought. enough stock to buy $20 or worth of stuff. Cause you have to buy $20 worth of stuff. Of course, like they can't have, Some people can buy more. yeah, they can't have thousands of people buy out their whole store and then everyone else can't find $20 of stuff to buy. So maybe that's I what mean, they're I, doing. They just want to have stock available to buy. I think that that is a part of it, but I think you're looking at at least three times more people, between two and three times, easy, more special delivery Charizard than the special delivery Bidoof. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a mix of both. Like they don't they don't want to run out of stock, and then people can't buy stuff, and then they also want to, you know, they were more well prepared also, so. Yeah, very well. Everyone who signed up could get one. But then again, it was only open three days. So it is going to be a rare card. I wish that I, I do wish that I got more people, been more persistent with friends and family about signing up. So I could have gotten like six of them for like 150 bucks. But I do think, like I said, it is going to fall below 100. I really do. I originally thought like they were just going to have pre-orders open for a set time and then everyone who signed up got one. But yeah, the way they worded it, it's like basically if you're lucky, you'll get a code. So they worded it like it wasn't going to be that, but you would think they would have it like that. But we'll let you know if we get codes and we'll see what happens. I'll let you know for sure. <laughs> I'll be dancing in the street. But I mean, I, I'm excited for it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's there's some parts of me that does like Charizard, but I just wish it was another card I was getting, getting excited for. Is all. Yeah. Well, we better close it out. Another long one. I don't even know what the runtime is now. <laughs> Two hours is becoming our thing. But. Anyway, guys, we'll let you know what the special delivery chronicles come down to, and. Episode 5000, we'll see you there, and we'll just catch you in the next one, I guess. All right, peace out. Can't wait for the next one. Salut.